2: Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Three cheers for His Majesty the
0: King. We're back in your ears again with another episode of Royally Obsessed a tad late once again this week because of the docuseries. Rachel and I got up early and watched this morning. Before we get into all that, though, of course, the housekeeping. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed podcast. I'm Roberta. I feel like I forgot that far. I'm tired still. <laughs> I'm Rachel. It's all right. I know who you are, and I think our audience does. At this Do you see my too. PJs? I'm oh, still wearing I love that. them. We're so cozy. So cozy because I like literally just watched the dog series and I'm hopping on this recording. I did. I I put on
1: mascara for you. That was the most I did for makeup, and but right. 30 seconds to recording, Roberta. I dropped the wand and I had like a streak. So it was supposed to be quick and then it was a
0: disaster. Things are going well this morning. What else besides, well, the docuseries, but what else are we talking about today?
1: Yeah, part two of the docuseries, of course, dropped today. Part two, I'm calling it that, of the Royal Christmas concert is also playing out as we speak. It's, of course, the second annual hosted by Kate in the UK. We're talking about that. Omid Scobie's book news, Charles and Diana on the James Bond set. This is a um, out of left field one, and royal Christmas cards. So much more. I feel like the docu series kind of overshadows everything. I am
0: just still processing.
2: And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail.
0: Yeah, I think our royal refreshment is going to be just so much coffee because we have had so much coffee to get up early what time did you get up rachel
2: did you get up
1: i got i set an alarm for 5:30 i allowed a snooze for 9 minutes and then i was up because i knew that i set up an itinerary last night in a word doc that it was like i have to hit every mark in order to make this possible
0: well and rachel you? took i got of it 6 30 I hit snooze for 30 minutes I was so bad but Rachel's me this amazing video diary just like oh, as soon Megan, as I finished
1: watching I sent it it's so lame Roberta a text
0: that says feeling the need to video diary more often and <laughs> this video
1: I mean how can we not it's like you got to capture it I
2: just finished all three episodes I'm gonna blow dry my hair and wash wait I'm gonna blow dry my hair and go park the car in Brooklyn, but I cannot wait to talk
1: to you about this. I'm feeling so many things, and I don't know how to process this, but I thought I would send you a video note. (laughs)
0: Oh, my God. do we Do we need to do more video diaries? Is that what this is? Well, I
1: felt like this disconnect. Like, I just – I needed to be in your presence immediately, and it was just the best thing I could do. It really wasn't meant to be a video diary. but then I was laughing about the parallel after, but I just was like – Thank God we have this podcast. Thank God we have each other because there's so much to discuss.
0: I know. I know. So let's get into it. But first, got to get to our, our listener email, which this one's really, really
1: good. Yes, we heard from Kelly, a longtime listener who says she absolutely loves Royally Obsessed, but she wrote us and she said, I was dismayed by the letter you opened with on the December 9th show. As a black woman, and I don't speak for all women of color, there's a moment in the docuseries where Doria says she wished she had the race talk with Meghan, who herself says she'd never been treated like a black woman until she married Harry. I wish there were more royal watchers of color who could speak to this because it's a truly salient observation. Race plays a huge part in this, the death threats against Meghan by right-wing extremists, against Harry for marrying outside his race. It's sad, but expected, at least by people of color who have had the benefit of seeing an unbroken stream of racial injustice in both the U.S. and the U.K., from slavery to Jim Crow to civil rights struggles to the Windrush tragedies and on and on. Just as the backlash to the election of the first black and mixed race, by the way, president, was the unimaginable presidency of Trump, this is the backlash of Prince Harry's choice of life partner. Just my two cents. Love ya.
0: I think that's such a truly important observation and that we didn't spend enough time talking about last week, that how big of a part race played in all of this. And I think an even bigger part in some respects in the second half of the episode. So. We will get yeah, into really that. examining
1: why they're telling their story and what sort of
0: where it stems from. But first, before the docu series, this week in royal history.
2: In royal history.
0: It's kind of a fun one, a little uh, levity to this serious discussion. Yes, I Rachel appreciate and I are about this, Roberta. What yeah, a great choice. Splash back to December 11th with me, why don't you? 1986. Diana and Charles on the set of the Living Daylight James Bond movie. It's at Pinewood Studios. They visit because the premiere is going to benefit the Princess Trust. Timothy Dalton is James Bond. The footage from the ITN archive is just truly delightful. And
2: then there's this moment. The special bottles used in fight scenes were handed round. They're made of sugar glass and, as Prince Charles discovered, are perfectly harmless.
0: (laughs) So Charles and Diana both get the chance to smash these props over people's heads. And Charles, it's on Timothy Dalton's head. Diana, it's over Charles's head and... (laughs) There's like a lot of glee in this moment from Diana because she <laughs> it's hilarious. Of course, it's just sugar water that forms this prop. So it's no big deal. And they got some to take home with them after. You can only imagine what they did with that when they got home. What a uh, fascinating movie detail, too. I Like, know. I didn't know that's
1: how they do that.
0: Well, and obviously, racial context is so important here. So I want to see, you know, 1986. So where were we? Prince William was four. Harry's two. But a lot of the news of Charles and Diana is that their marriage is breaking down for the public to see. So Charles actually told his official biographer, Jonathan Dimbleby, that 1986 was when he started up his relationship again with Camilla Parker Bowles. Meanwhile, it's around the time that Diana's affair with Army Captain James Hewitt, her alleged affair, started. 1986 is a really rough year for them. And Diana, her bodyguard, Barry Manikey, was transferred away this year. He died five months later in a motorcycle accident, which Diana described as the biggest blow of her life over those tapes that we know she recorded. It's a tough year. And this kind of uh, Diana is free to you know, break a glass over her husband's head. It just, I for a photo highly, op. I suggest everyone go watch the video. ITN Archive. It's just, it's just hilarious knowing everything that's happened. It must have been so thrilling and kind of rewarding for her to do. Um Honorable mention though for this week in history is Princess Anne's wedding with Timothy Lawrence on December 12th, 1992. That's their wedding anniversary. And you also- You love Timothy Lawrence. I know, shout out. <laughs> Uh, December 11th, interestingly, the day that Edward VIII abdicated the throne and Queen Elizabeth's father was then king. So just changing the course of history this time is Can a really I important time.
1: Can I detour for one second on that Please, note? I forgot to
0: text you and tell
1: you that in my favorite antique shop of all time in Brooklyn that I refuse to reveal the name of. So <laughs> I keep finding these royal finds for myself. I actually picked up this weekend a Life magazine from the day that – the queen's father died. And she, it was from that exact moment where you have the photos of her in Africa and it's called the prince, you know, the princess becomes the queen. And it was 10 bucks. That's an incredible find. I I don't know. I mean, I love that stuff, but I was just so floored to see it. It was in a glass case and I just walked in on my way to grocery shop.
0: Well, speaking of incredible finds, did you see we got a uh, listener email from someone who found a Queen Elizabeth paper doll book? oh yeah i felt like that was such a incredible find as well was it what wasn't it at like sam's club or costco or something yeah it was something like (laughs) that but i always think of you rachel with the the princess diana paper dolls and you growing up with those oh yeah that's your entry point yeah okay (sighs) docuseries part (sighs) two before we get into anything so part one the news this week was that it was a huge premiere the most viewers for a documentary on netflix in its first week Over 28 million watched, 81 million hours, second best to only Wednesday. Have you watched that yet, Rachel? Uh, I've watched the first episode. It's very
1: good. It's just I'm I'm dipping into it. I was so caught up with White Lotus, to be honest. It was like
0: docuseries,
1: White Lotus, how do I – you know, a lot going on. What a big week in TV this is, truly. What uh, a great finale. I wanted to update you
0: though about last week when we I mentioned that the clue of him of Prince Harry being on Jimmy Fallon. That's a no. It was actually for the cast of Young Royals, which like okay, I'm great mad about for that. Them, but like that was annoying. That was like that's trolling clickbait. us. Come on, yeah, that was totally quickly. But the rumor is that Harry will give an interview for spare with CBS scale King. So that's kind of an exclusive that broke yesterday. Rumors, very much rumors, though, right? (laughs) It was a tabloid report. Yeah. Rachel, just like last week, episodes four through six... How did you watch?
1: Okay, so like I said, I got up at five thirty. I binged until seven fifteen. Then I had to wake up Finn, wake up my husband that was still sleeping. We're coming off another illness, so uh, everyone's tired. Okay. And then got Finn out the door for school. It was such a rush. I was like, he, he met, Finn even said, "Why are we rushing, Mama?" <laughs> I was like, "Cause I need you out the door by eight fifteen so I can get back to watching." I need and you then, to then leave. I finished. <laughs> Move the car and here we are. What about you?
0: Yeah, I got out. I mean, I snoozed so many times because I was so tired. I went out for a holiday dinner with some friends from my hometown and it was really nice, but then had to get up early, of course. And my, you know, mom was here kind of watching a few of the episodes with me and she's like, wow, she hasn't seen any of it. And she's just like, this is so well done. Like it is. I want so... Mama Fiorito's
1: reaction. I know.
0: I was like, can you come on the pot as a guest? No, just <laughs> kidding. Um, overall reactions, though, to the second half.
1: I mean, to be honest, right now, I'm just sitting here. It's so fresh for both of us. And I'm just like, where do we go from here? I feel like there was no response from Buckingham Palace, and they're it sounds like not going to give a response to it. Correct, Roberta?
0: Yeah, in Kensington as well. No, no, so they, far. Actually, they said no comment is what they it is. They said no
1: comment. But I think that this set of episodes is much more cataclysmic. It reminds me of the – I guess the reaction I would love to see is like that show us you care when Diana died. I feel Oprah parallels. How about you?
0: Yeah, that's what I was just going to say is it feels very much how I felt post-Oprah in that. We are now as Royal Watchers sitting with an uncomfortable question of where do we go from here? Because I think there's a lot to answer for. Of course, this is from Harry and Megan's perspective. I think there was a New York magazine article um by Jeffrey Wheatcroft that pointed that out. You know, this is their truth, and how does that fit into the truth? But at the same time, I just think Getting a peek under the layers and seeing kind of that there is this rotten core to everything feels, I feel, yeah, like you said, cataclysmic. I feel like this is huge. These are the truth bombs that we didn't get from the first part, the first half of these episodes.
1: And there were a lot of specifics, a lot of video diaries. I kept thinking the whole time, you know, we all were were fresh off the crown, right? And that's where they fictionalize the conversations behind closed doors. But here we're actually seeing the conversations mm-hmm. behind closed doors. And that mm-hmm. was pretty remarkable to me. I also wanted to say that if I were going to have certain people in my life raft, I would definitely want Tyler Perry, Jenny, Africa, oh yeah. Doria. Tyler and Perry. I'm going to add Scotty from Suits. I'm going to say Abigail Spencer.
0: Sorry. <laughs> but oh, what a crew of supporters in their corner. Tyler Perry, especially. Let's get into that because I want to talk about this. So how we did it last week. Was our raw reactions, the documentary logistics, and then the details and reveals. That was our three sections. So we Mm -hmm. just did our raw reactions. Rachel, documentary logistics. I feel like the biggest thing that stuck out to me was something that one of our listeners pointed out last week was that how illuminating to see these shots of inside their homes. I guess I just don't. I don't realize how little we get to see of where they live the places they mm-hmm. live in this felt like an explosion of information from Nottingham Cottage to Tyler Perry's home to Santa Barbara like just so Montecito, just so much interior. I feel like that was, I know. That was my favorite kept, part in a lot of ways. I was also just blown away
1: because even the shots of them packing up when they went back in March 2020, they're gorgeous images. And I was thinking of my friend who's a photographer and how she says, if the lighting is off, make the image black and white. And I was like, maybe that's the trick mm. in this documentary, but like series, But it really – every visual that they share is absolutely beautiful, even though it seems like a lot of them are perhaps just captured quickly on an iPhone.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there anything else about logistics that you... I was just going to say
1: shout out to Liz Garbus because I think something that, again, not to this is not comparing it to The Crown at all, but with The Crown, there was a lot to fit in, right? And we like the specificity where they delve deep on a topic, but and this is a different format. It's a docuseries, but there was a lot to cover, a huge mm-hmm. timeline, and it moved at a proper clip for me I Mm -hmm. felt like they covered it they had a lot of commentary they had a lot of points that they made but it still felt like they weren't shortchanging things I mean some things I wanted more of of course but what did you think about that element
0: yeah I thought that the criticism of the first three was actually what I saw was that a lot of people thought they moved too slowly through the love story that like you know 2016 and 2017 is like one whole episode and like And then we're going to be shortchanged for this period of their lives. And I did – I kind of agree with that a little bit that we could have gotten to the wedding in part one. And, Mm -hmm. like, what really is important is, like, the break with the family, right? And everything that comes after. And I think that's where I wish that they had devoted more time to. But it it did move very quickly through the – you know, episodes four through six cover all that ground up until August 2022, which is when they said they stopped filming. So – yeah, I mean the other thing I guess you mentioned already was just the guests they had on. We saw Serena again, Doria, of course, who breaks down in tears at one point, and that's a really moving part. Tyler Perry, her niece Ashley is back, which I think gave our listeners a lot of questions because I, I think they were wondering how did Megan kind of fix what had happened with Ashley and the wedding and. That she was disinvited, and you it was know, what, nice that they gave closure to that. She, yeah, they get closure. They're they're reunited. She's very much a presence in Archie's life. She loves Archie. I felt like that was super relatable. I feel like your nieces and nephews. That's you know one of the biggest joys of my life currently. So, Roberta,
1: getting into more detail now,
0: we're doing, should we do details and a, reveals? Is this what reveals? I was okay. going to
1: say, yeah, details and reveals. Thank you for keeping us organized. I was going to say. I think this batch of episodes was much more a situation where I was like, <gasps> "Like we're going there. Oh my god, we're going there!" Like I felt yeah. that frequently throughout. And the first real big subject, and I think this will be most of the headlines, is conversations about William.
0: Mm-hmm. So and we can, Charles, but let's, William. Let's do like all the conversations about William because I think there's a few moments. Yes. There's the Sandringham summit where Harry says that William screamed and shouted at him.
1: There's also the, interesting that me- they arranged so that Megan wasn't there for that meeting. I thought that was an interesting yeah. calendar reveal and how, you know, they really were clear that they didn't want her there.
0: Well, and the joint statement that had Harry's name on it that he says no one had asked him about that, he wouldn't have – and it was a joint statement about squashing a story about William bullying them out of the family. And I think it was really interesting to hear that Harry had not signed off on that, but they – They put his name on it. They said this is a joint statement from the brothers.
1: And that was also what was alluded to in the trailer. I know people were – there was a lot of concern about Harry going there where it was happy to lie to protect my brother, never willing to tell the truth to protect us.
0: And that was what that was in reference to. The other William mention is when they're talking about the Beyonce text, which we'll get to. And – Harry also says, William texted me and he shows and they are like, we need to take a walk outside. We need a breather. And Harry says, I I wish I knew what to do.
1: Yes. And that's what I want to ask you. For me, that was where I was like, what did the text say? I was like really expecting them to reveal it and then they didn't. And I know that was a big choice, but just to see that or have that visual, watch that play out that he did hear from William pretty immediately
0: after Oprah. I thought that yes i was surprised by that it that moment of the docuseries where they're reacting to things that we've kind of lived through felt so like i kind of wish the whole docuseries had been that because it was just it was it was a tone shift almost it was totally different to see her like scrolling through the daily mail news and the lawsuits jason knoff this is the last thing i think that kind of applies to the william conversation it's alleged that, and there's this, there's these, these, these I like can't even finish my sentence right now because there's so much, but there's these statements at the end from both attorneys basically saying that Jason Off disagrees with the uh, Jenny, Jenny Afia, Megan's lawyers statements about this, but that he came forward with a witness statement. He was asked to come forward by, he says, Megan and the Daily Mail to basically reveal that there was knowledge that she had written this letter knowing that it would be leaked. It was a text message from Megan. And so the witness statement is damaging to Megan's reputation. And they say, I mean, Jenny, Megan's lawyer says that they, he Jason could not have come forward with this without the blessing of quote, his bosses, which we know to mean William and Kate's office That was really interesting because there's obviously all this back and forth still going on with these two different accounts that Netflix makes sure to disclaim. They know this is very litigious area. What did you think? Yes,
1: absolutely. I also, you know, you go back to when you talk about the tone shift we saw in that moment, Megan reacting to that statement from Jason Nauf and how it felt very reality show in that moment. Mm -hmm. She was like, I'm not going to say anything about your brother. I'm not gonna go there, you know, and that was where it's it's your brother. That's what she said. Yeah, Yeah. 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 which was a total tone shift to what we had seen, which felt very produced in a different way.
0: It's really interesting. Jason still is kind of employed by them. He's chair of the Earthshot Awards, and I feel like just why not get rid of someone that's in this messiness? I I would think that that would be your first move is to kind of distance yourself, and so for him to still be a part of. That office in and have connect a very close connection with Prince William. It seems like that just is such a red flag to me. I don't. I really don't know how you could continue employing someone who has gotten in the weeds of a litigation with your brother's wife. It just. But it
1: also speaks to the web of like who approved that. What where is it coming from? I think bottom line all the William stuff for me. That was the biggest headline. It's the thing that we're all very concerned about. We want the brothers to reunite. And it just feels like things have been said. Harry shed light on those things. All of that doesn't look good for the palace.
0: And I don't know if either brother wants to reunite at this point. Like it's almost That's how like- it
1: felt as well.
0: So okay, let's move on though because I feel like one of the big reveals for me was the Australia curse, I'm mm. dubbing it. And the fact that, you know, it was on the Australia tour that Diana's popularity soared and it was really making Charles jealous that people were groaning when they he was on his side of the walkway and not hers. And you know, Lucy Fraser, Megan's friend says it was a real turning point because they were so popular. Yes. That – that drawing that line that all of this, everything that's said in the, the docu-series, it stems from Meghan and Harry being so popular and outshining all the royals. I mean, I can kind of believe it, but I, I'm also like, wow, that's an argument. Why didn't they harness that? Yeah. yeah, and
1: Harry's assertion about that too where he said that they were doing the job better than the person who was born to do this. That upsets people and shifts the balance. I felt like, you know, who – are we talking about Charles here, the Queen, Kate and William? Were they all upset? I think, you know, those comparisons to Meghan and Diana, that it's not between Meghan and Diana. It's not Meghan's fault that she ends up on the front page after Remembrance Day. That's a choice that the media made. And
0: that was mm-hmm. something Diana had to deal with as well. Mm-hmm. And it, that's really what when things turn south, because then we have those the never ending story about the bridesmaid dress fitting and which they didn't really get into. Difficult. That was it. They
1: flashed the it's headline alluded but they didn't, to. Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, We have what else? There's the, the, oh, the bump stories. There's, you know, so there's there's then James Holt reveals that there was a Kensington Palace Christmas party and it immediately became two separate parties because that's how they had operated, which they never should have had one press office for both couples. I think that really feels like it was a bad choice to begin with. Harry does answer a question that I had had for a really long time, and I think you had as well, which is, what did he do when Megan was having suicidal thoughts? Because we learned this in Oprah last year. How, and I think we should have some sort of trigger warning, of course, that this is really heavy stuff. But Megan is dealing with a lot. She's depressed. She's thinking of ending her own life. What was Harry doing? And he kind yes. of answers that. So here's that clip.
2: I was devastated. I I knew that she was struggling. We were both struggling but I never thought that it would get to that stage. And the fact that it got to that stage, I felt angry and ashamed. I didn't deal with it particularly well. I dealt with it as institutional Harry as opposed to husband Harry. And what took over my feelings was my royal role. I had been trained to worry more about what are people going to think if we don't go to this event, we're going to be late. And looking back on it now, I, I I, hate myself for it.
0: There's another clip, too, I wanted to play. It's... Um It's Megan talking about how scared she was for her life. This comes a little bit later. And, you know, Doria breaks down. This is the moment where we have Chris Boozy from Bot Sentinel telling about the trolls and the accounts that were created and the attacks on her. And so here's that clip as well.
2: And also, I think, for people to really understand, you know, when you plant a seed that is so hateful, what it can grow into. I mean, just a couple days ago, I was going through the manual for our security team at home. And on one of the pages that I happened to flip to, it was about online monitoring. And they were like, if you see a tweet like this, please report it to head of security immediately. It just said, Megan just needs to die. Someone needs to kill her. Maybe it should be me. And he's just like, okay. That's like what's actually out in the world because of people creating hate. And I'm a mom. It's my real life. You know? And that's the piece when you see it and you go, you are making people want to kill me. It's not just a tabloid. It's not just some story. You are making me scared. Right? And like that night, to be up and down in the middle of the night looking down my hallway like, are we safe? Are the doors locked? Is security on? Is everything? That's real. That's real. Are my babies safe? And you've created it for what? Because you're bored, or because it sells your papers, or it makes you feel better about your own life? It's real what you're doing. And that's the piece I don't think people fully understand.
1: I'm we're not nice well. I
0: getting for, <laughs> emotional. I know. Just for hearing that. But that, that is a moment that I really started, I mean, and when Doria broke down, I feel like just started to kind of cry because, I, like, this is, is this someone's life we're talking about? It's a human just, being. Yeah. yeah. It's, it and was it's, heavy. It's
1: And also the delving into the Bot Sentinel background, which we've, of course, discussed on the podcast, too, when that report came out, but just really recognizing what a small group it starts with to spread this web of hate that reaches 17 million people and the fear that Megan has felt. And just the, I think for me, it's also the mom element and worrying mm-hmm. about your children and how just terrifying that all is. And then you think about Harry's perspective on that as yeah. well. And then I also juxtapose it with Charles. I'm not sure if this is in complete um, linear format, but when he goes to his dad about it, saying like, even if we strip away all the racism... And you believe it's exactly the same as what you went through. Why can't we change? Why can't we help, yeah. you know, with what she was going through during that time, too, with um, feeling suicidal? And Charles also saying, you know, my darling boy, you can't take on the media.
0: The very real impact, I think, is illustrated clearly for us when Harry, you know, does lay the miscarriage of Megan at the mm-hmm. foot, at the st- the steps of the Daily Mail. He says, I believe my wife miscarried because of what the Daily Mail were trying to do to her. That's a quote from him. And it's a a toll, it's a human toll that they've dealt with for so many years. And I think um, that was just such a, a big moment for me to see, you know, her writing and saying, I wanted to do the piece because with all the bad that comes with this, the good is that I'm able to help other people. Isn't that the point of life? I liked that quote from her. And mm-hmm. and there are some... You know, there are some brighter moments. I think the end, like the ending sequence with that song, it's it says like follow the sun. And we see Eugenie there in the Super Bowl. I was going to and- say the Eugenie moment made me laugh so hard when Archie's on the
1: beach and the wave is coming and Harry's <laughs> like, get him, get him, get him. And she totally doesn't. Like that was so Please, funny. I <laughs> wanted to replay that if I had more time. I thought that was hilarious. The actual um,
0: Christmas party. There, You know, Harry talks about what he misses about it the his life before and he says he misses weird family gatherings where they're all in the room he misses his UK friends he misses his family can I say I
1: really wanted him to say and I'm not putting this on him but it's like I think I was you know it, it was glaring to me that he didn't say I miss my brother like I guess I that part for me I just it feels like they've moved
0: on the royals are in the rear view for them Totally. Oh, totally. I think there's no coming back from this for them. I think mm-hmm. he even says they will never have, they will never offer up genuine accountability or a genuine mm-hmm. apology. They so won't say I'm sorry. It's just it. I mean, an accountability too. It's a huge part of that. I I thought this was really illuminating though when he's talking about what he misses. He says he come he came to a place where quote my mom was going to end up living potentially. Yes. So, I mean, that's like kind of a theory that you and I have talked about the day and always wanted to live in the U.S. And he kind of confirms that, which was really interesting. It's a interesting. full circle
1: moment for him. And I'm sure that feels really good for him. I did also think it was kind of a delight when he shared that he didn't realize his birth announcement was on Valentine's Day. Oh, my day, gosh. I was like, how did And you he not didn't know, know that. Because we're all like always drawing those, you know, we're sleuths and we're yeah. looking and we're like, oh, how, He's how like, amazing. He's like, it was a coincidence or maybe not. It's just like. I also really like the rainbow color palette in March 2020, how she yeah, had been wearing neutrals. I tour. thought that was a cool reveal that she was like, I'm just going to go out
0: with a bang. One of my favorite parts was the Beyonce text. So let's play that clip.
2: (laughs) Beyonce just texted really nice. Shut up. Just checking in. Just checking in. Just casual. I still still can't believe she knows who I am. Go and call her. No, it's okay. She said she wants me to feel safe and protected She admires and respects my bravery and vulnerability, and she thinks I was selected to break generational curses that need to be healed. Mm. That's well said. When When Harry turns to camera and goes,
0: "Shut up." (laughs) (laughs)
1: Also, when he goes, when he goes, call her, and she's like, "Dude, chill. You don't
2: just
0: call (laughs) Beyonce. I can't just call Beyonce. Like, what are you thinking?" No, I think my all. Like, if I had to pick a favorite, favorite, favorite part, it's the wedding speech that Megan reads at the end, and we're not going to play it. It's like eight minutes long, but it was so good. It's, it's gave me chills to think this fairy tale and what happened since. And, you know, all the hope and all the optimism that came with that. Um, What else? Before we wrap this up, anything we're missing? I guess I just, you know, I
1: feel like, There was one quote you talk about that standing out to you. I really like just applying it to my own life in some level where they had this life goal. And this is meant they said it's their love story, where through all of this, Harry and Meghan were really good at finding each other in the chaos and everything else is temporary. And I think that that's actually just such a beautiful definition of love and romance and like what we kind of all need to apply to our own relationships, because there's a lot of chaos. And it's I am not at all saying it's on the level of what they face, but I just like that description that That's really you kind nice. of find each other.
0: But yeah. I, okay, I have two more things to point out. One is yeah, that, do really it. quick. Oprah interviewed their reaction to watching it, which I felt was really interesting to see them kind of watch it in yeah, real time. Yeah, that they watched
1: it in real time.
0: And that Megan thought the biggest takeaway would entirely be about her depression and how extreme it was, but really it was eclipsed by this conversation about race and Archie's skin tone and Tyler Perry saying there's so much more Megan could have said. That Mm -hmm. was really interesting. Okay. The other thing moving quickly, just to wrap this up is the two things that I felt like were catalysts for the tabloids and the British press turning on Megan. One is the baby hospital controversy. Mm -hmm. They were, the Portland thing was so weird, how they were like, there's no steps. You're going to block the emergency room. We can't do Which that. Which I I really was, like, bothered by that because I felt like I could really relate to just the fear
1: factor of giving birth and how you attach to your doctor that you've chosen, and they are so specific about the hospital. And everyone told Megan it sounded like that it was fine, but it wasn't fine, obviously, um, that she didn't go to the Lindo Wing.
0: Yeah, and the other the other catalyst, it felt like, was her litigation over her – The letter to her father i felt like that was where the press once you i think someone's quote was like once you you don't lay down then they're after you and it is it's all at war so it's just interesting what it what changed i think james holt one of the quotes he said that people were even questioning when she did the itv tom bradby interview i'm jumping all around here i know that but how, if she really was depressed like was she faking it when she was kind of crying and saying like thank you for asking if i'm okay no one's really asked james holt says when you get down the path of having to justify if someone's actually depressed isn't that a dangerous path to be on like why I are like we even asking yeah, i thought that was a whether really it's true. Like, quote that feels so heartless so anyways the fallout since these three episodes is business as usual we have the carol concert perfect segue but there is also some hairy news which i'm like are they trying to kind of move on now because it does feel like they are moving on. Harry's travelist website finally launched today and there's also an op-ed published with Senator Coons of Delaware in the Huffington Post about conservation in Africa. So business <laughs> as usual on all fronts, I guess. It's
1: just And like, before we get into that, I'm going to use Megan and Harry's holiday party thing. What is one word, oh, I know, that they did it to describe their year, but one word to sum up how you feel after watching this, Roberta?
0: One word to just sum up how I'm feeling. I haven't
1: thought of mine. I'm not. I'm springing. This was not planned.
0: <laughs> okay. No. I'm glad that you're asking. Um. Thank you. I'm thank, thinking right now. Too. Thank you for asking if I'm okay. Um, my one word is devastated. I think that the the. I mean, I just cried again about hearing that clip. I think that hearing Megan's and Doria's and Harry's side of all of this has really shed light on how bad it really was like we barely scratched the surface in the oprah interview and i feel like this could probably even be barely scratching the surface of how bad it really was i'm devastated that these people had to endure this and their kids you know trying to protect them and everything so that's my scattered response. What is it? No, yours? Is I'm trying word? to think. I feel like I'm between two, but I was gonna say I feel
1: relief slightly because I think I just have that visual implanted in my mind now of Harry driving in the California sunshine with, you know, seeing the rear view mirror and his eyes, sunglasses on, and just maybe some closure for them after this. Closure you know, I know the memoir word. coming. Yeah. Closure is a good word. Um, yeah. So Ah, send us your word. We'd love to hear actually yeah. what you guys are feeling after watching this. Info at gallerypodcast.com. Did I get that right, Roberta? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> move on to the concert
0: let's do it guys
1: we're gonna have so many more reactions to this like we literally finished it 30 minutes ago so we're processing we're just it getting along with all of you.
0: yes processing maybe that's a good word
1: royal christmas concert what a gear shift
0: <laughs> okay i have to send you because the pictures just showed up online stop
1: <laughs> i uh, can't believe is... that the time difference it's like i didn't even see i'm getting some pings don't you like feel a-
0: like you have like royal whiplash though like talking about the this this after this. it's a lot it's a lot I think that my spouse I'm sure
1: Dave and your family too are all just like whoa because again you have to be so head down in all of this and yeah. the world kind of stops my husband is at a preschool tour and I was like I have to miss it and he was like really <laughs> but I mean it's life right now this is breaking news so they're arriving that's what Did you, you see the picture? No, I haven't opened. Oh, well, let me just let me set this up first. Okay. I was going to say Royal Carols Together at Christmas, the second annual, is happening tonight. They just arrived because of the time difference, as we said. It's going to air on Christmas Eve on ITV1, Get Thy VPN. We saw a bunch of promos. We saw that first, it was last week, and we got a new pic of Kate wearing the Aurora dress. She's doing so many repeats lately, which I really respect. This was from Needle and Thread, and she last wore it in January 2020 just a... It was one of their first appearances after the Sussexes announced their departure. Um, We also saw a sneak peek at her decorating the tree. Um, She had a Holland and Cooper Fair Isle sweater on. I feel like all of Kate's Christmas skills are likely very Carol approved, right? I mean, she learned from the best in terms of rolling out the stops. You know, I just, I guess, you know, as we were saying, I want descriptions, Roberta, all the arrivals. Who's there? Is it James and Alizé, George, Charlotte, and Louis? Who's there? I haven't seen
0: James yet. Trust me. I am looking you out have for him. alerts o- for that. Of course I do. Uh, but I have seen Eugenie and Beatrice and Sophie. They all look lovely. They're all wearing these beautiful coats. Kate and the kids and William arrived. Well, it's actually just Charlotte and George who are there, which I think is a pretty big surprise that they're there. They weren't and there last year, right? No, and Charlotte's kind of twinning with George, which is really sweet. Um, So that's that's a great photo. I just sent it to you. Do you want to open that? Yeah, I will.
1: So cute. Right? Oh, my God. I love Kate in this, like, burgundy plum color.
0: If I'm not mistaken, it's the same coat she wore for the state visit from South oh, Africa. Oh, it must be. Yes. So that's another reason. And they've repeat. got the matching tie. William's going
1: for it with the matching color tie again.
0: I see Carol. I see Czar Tyndall. So lots and lots of people here. No King uh, Charles yet? Camilla. So obviously King Charles. Obviously a, the king of course. is there. I just don't see a picture of him. He's not on Getty yet. But well, oh, well, yeah, while you're sleuthing, yeah. I was just going to say, you know, I think I'm thinking back to last year
1: and curious how this year will compare. We had Kate Play at the piano. I mean, this was so massive, Roberta, where she stepped up, showed off one of her many, many skills. Um, That happened last year. We also had that PDA moment with Kate and William, which I feel like was so rare where they kind of exchanged glances. I guess it wasn't really official PDA, but I remember that being something that really caught everyone's attention. And, you know, most importantly, I think, you know, last year the queen wasn't there, of course, because of her health but this year she you know it's i think that that's particularly poignant for both of us right because it's the new royals right like this is where i feel the kids are now in charge you know kate's position in the family is remarkably different this year and that feels very heavy there's a lot of gravity to that
0: yeah i guess we won't know really about what goes on in the concert till the 20 christmas eve yeah. yeah because that's when we'll see the um, but the arrivals, Pippa and Kate are matching as well as Zara Tindall. So I'll keep you updated if there's any more news. <laughs> Thank you, Getty Images. We also had Christmas card reveals.
1: Happy for our friend of the pod, Samir Hussein, who is the official photographer for Camilla and Charles' card again this year. I remember last year he had the masks, mm, which was yeah. so – I loved that Charles and Camilla chose that. That was very cheeky. What did and- you think of their photo this year? I mean, I think it's very beautiful, and I thought it was interesting that it was from the Braemar Games, which happened on September 3rd, my birthday, um, but also from five days before the Queen died when, Mm. you know, he was still the Prince of Wales. So that seemed, you know, particularly relevant that he chose an image from that time.
0: That takes me back to our birthday month, which was so sad. I know. Both of our birthdays in September and the Queen passing right in a the middle. A lot has
1: happened. I, I read in some of the papers that they dropped the card for Charles and Camilla while it was snowing outside Buckingham Palace, and it's his first Christmas card as monarch. So there's a lot of historical significance to that. I don't know. Do the history? Do the Christmas cards end up in the history books? Kind of interesting. We also had the Wales's Christmas card. Kate and William had theirs snapped over the summer. It seems in Norfolk. And it was taken by Matt Porteous, who they've used many a time for family images. I think the big scuttlebutt was about how the contrast to last year's, which was snapped in Jordan, got a lot of backlash because of the trip and how posed everyone was. And COVID. It
0: was a trip during COVID, I think, that yeah. really
1: got people worked, yeah. What did you think of the, of that card?
0: Gosh, I felt like it was a total clapback to Netflix and the fact that you know they're all in jeans, they're all very casual, they look relaxed, like they're not as formal appearing behind the scenes. You know, it's that that answer to something that we know. It just felt like that. Obviously, this is planned so far in advance. There's no way, but it it was really nice to see the side of them when I think that's what a lot of fans really wanted. You know, it was it was. It was nice. They all looked great and it was I sunny. loved the skinny jeans. I thought that
1: was great. I'm so like, I recently wrote a story for a pure wow about please leave us alone with the skinny jeans because everyone's coming after millennials with that and she firmly wears the skinny jeans.
0: She Kate looks like someone who would hug, is a hugger. I feel like- it, oh, that, there was a clap
1: back about that. Did you see what the it, People.com what story where one of Kate's friends said that she is a hugger? I thought that was- God, we're so in the weeds interesting. now. Yeah, we really are. It's hard to keep up it's honestly hard to keep up.
0: All right. Before we adjourn the Royal pod, are we ready? I guess so, Roberta. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. My low this week is this is the first Christmas without the Queen. I'm kind of dreading not having her speech. It is an anchor, a moor in these crazy times. It soothes our collective nerves and I know that you agree Rachel that she'll be so missed this Christmas that speech will be so missed I'm really sad about it honestly I'm pretty I have, I'm gonna I'm, tack on to I'm your low, low if that's in. all right Roberta yeah, please. I,
1: I feel the same way like I I feel like what will Christmas feel like and also just the absence of Harry and Meghan I mean for sure they're I'm gonna predict that they're not going over there and I think that it's a slimmed down monarchy that keeps getting slimmer the loss of the queen it's gonna feel really different and it's sad for us the public and I can't imagine what it's like in the room
0: and will Charles do the speech justice we'll just have to wait and see I mean oh, yeah. I'm really interested to see what he says this year with all of everything that's happened okay my high is Omid's book news I feel like this might be a controversial Whoa. pick but stick Mic with drop. me Omid has released a title it's called Endgame Inside the Royal Family and the Monarchy's Fight for Survival that wasn't the cover we will be getting a cover soon this is going to come out August 1st of 2023. I think this is my high just because, well, one of the the reasons it is because there's really funny tweets about it, which is someone tweeted, Omid woke up and chose violence, which, lol. (laughs) But I think what is my high is that he also offers up some hope and the description ends with this line. This is the monarchy's endgame. Do they have what it takes to save it? There is optimism there. I know that we always see the glass half full and We have been saying it all along on the pod, but Omid addresses it head on in that the monarchy does have a lot of changing to do and let's hope they can do it right. I think that that's hopeful. That's really hopeful, so we'll see. Yeah,
1: lessons can be learned, change can be made. We're all learning all the time my high is the new york times style naming queen elizabeth one of 2022's most stylish people they listed 93 um, honorees in the report for end of year and i just loved this description it was very short for the reason why she was included and it said the hats the hair and the handbags for 70 years elizabeth ii was not just the queen but the defining image of one And it's so true. I know I'm royally biased, but I feel like when you think of a queen, you think of Elizabeth. And there are a lot of queens out in the world. So I really liked that. And just to mention this, Anne was also on the list. She was right behind her mom. And it said the naval uniform she wore at the funeral of her mother and the wraparound sunglasses in which she has traveled the globe were both reminders that princesses
0: can have an edge. God, those Loved sunglasses. That. They're like ugly sunglasses. <laughs> she wears them well. Emma Corrin was on this list as well. I just have to say that. Yes, that they were. I mean, go also, check out the story. It's yeah, It's a wonderful read. It is. All right, Rachel, just a reminder before we close... Leave us a royal reading. Please, 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 if you enjoyed the episodes, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at info at gallerypodcast.com. This will DM us at royally obsessed podcast. We want to hear. Knock on wood be one of the last times we're releasing so late in the day on Thursday. We'll go back to regularly scheduled programming Thursday mornings. I know but this that was worth people, it. I'm just chiming in to say Some that. people are like, hey, my Thursday morning getting ready and listening to you guys is, you know, I don't like my schedule change. So we will go back <laughs> we to your hear schedule. You. We promise. Yeah. All right, Rachel